everyone, welcome to a track with a view podcast, a fans podcast covering the longest running speedway club in the UK and Manchester's very own 12-time British League champions and 14-time Knockout Cup winners, the Bellevue Aces, as well as the two-time British League Division 2 and one-time National League winners, the Bellevue Cots. This episode is going to feature mostly the Premiership semi-final first leg and second legs. Um, So, it's going to be all one episode. However, I am recording this on the 6th of October, so the day before the second leg. Uh, So what we're going to do is review the first leg and then after the second leg tomorrow just piece it together and it'll all seem seamless here's hoping so looking into the what should have took place last Thursday night uh, at Owlerton saw the original staging of the semi-final first leg between the Bellevue Aces and the Sheffield Tigers being called off for, well, a waterlogged track and bad weather, but uh, Manchester had the the same weather in fairness. And I only managed to get about eight miles outside of Manchester before we had to turn back round, so it wasn't too bad. That said, the original staging, as I said, was postponed. So this past Monday saw the rerun of the first leg taking place at Alderton Stadium as Bellevue and Sheffield faced off in the fifth meeting of the sides with Sheffield winning both their home fixtures against the Aces as well as Bellevue winning both of theirs Uh, so we turn our attention to the first leg so as we went into it it saw Bellevue missing the services of one Brady Kurtz Uh, this was due to a incident or crash uh, that he was caught up in over in the Czech Republic in the Golden Helmet meeting as a former ace in Terro Anio uh, ended up going into the back uh, of Kurtz while he was down on the track um, that was due to the Australian lifting coming out of the second bend and ended up taking a, a bit of a, a fall uh, but it didn't help having someone ride into the back of you uh, fa- thankfully he's not um, too injured he's probably more of a case of he's had like the the wind taken out of him and just very very sore and, and I'm sure you wouldn't exactly want to be riding the next day after any type of crash um, be it a 
massive crush or a minor one. So, it saw the aces going into it with rider replacement uh, with Sheffield, of course, still missing Stefan Nielsen through injury. Uh, and so, saw them bringing in a pretty handy uh, guest down at reserve, uh, that being Connor Mountain from the Kingsland Stars. And seems to be r riding against Bellevue frequently, it, it almost feels for me. That said, though, before we get to the racing, arriving at the track on Monday, um, how can I put it? The track was an absolute state uh, when we got there. Uh, this was due to a downpour that had took place in the mid-afternoon to late afternoon in the Owlton area. Um, and I think if anyone saw the footage from the Eurosport coverage, uh, more on that later, then you will have seen the state that the Owlton Stadium track was in. Um, as it had the tractor going around with the blade to try and take off the top layer of slush left by the kind of the downpour early in the afternoon. Um, and how they managed to get any sort of raceable or rideable track uh, for the meeting, uh, credit has to go to the Sheffield track staff, uh, no doubt about it. Because um, as much as it was delayed by about 30, 35 minutes, um, it was a fantastic effort by the the whole um, staff there at Sheffield to even get the meeting on. Um, so we had a, a racetrack finally. We had the bikes warmed up. Um, unfortunately, though, we, we started off uh, with a minute's applause um, in memory of two members of the Speedway fraternity that sadly departed last week, uh, that being the former Hackney Hawks and Coventry Bees promoter in the legendary figure of Colin Pratt, as well as a former British champion and rider of many Midland clubs uh, back in the heyday. Um, in Andy Graham um, so before the, the racing got underway there was a, a minute's applause um, for the for the two um, so which and, and then we we got to the meeting and it was a it was a bit of a surprise the, the crowd I was expecting a a bigger turnout really for the the meeting that said perhaps if the weather was a bit better in the area then there would have been more at least for the home side uh, as it as it was for the the aces there was probably uh, arguably more Bellevue fans than maybe Sheffield fans um, that could be a slight stretching the truth uh, but it did kind of feel like it with the support uh, with the at least with the away 
support being very vocal during the meeting. Uh, so, as we moved on to the first of the 15 races of the best of, well, pretty much 30 races in fairness, uh, unless it goes to a runoff, which looks highly unlikely, but hey ho, we don't know. So, looking at a little run through of the first leg, uh, Sheffield got off to a great start uh, with a 4 2, courtesy of Jack Holder and Troy Batchelor. Um, so, Batchelor didn't really have to do too much um, in, in the opening race. Uh, that was due to Dan Bewley having an. It's probably his worst meeting of the season. Um, or it definitely seems that way because I can't remember him having a worse night. Um, but he was at the back and just didn't seem to have any power whatsoever in the bike. Uh, despite the fact he seemed to constantly ride the outside t time and lap after lap. Uh, while everyone else seemed to be trying different lines. Uh, meanwhile, out front, it saw Richie Worrell making a superb start uh, from the starting gates. Uh, he was leading the race up until the third and fourth bend of the final lap. Uh, then, unfortunately, Jack Holder struck to take the victory late on and give the Tigers a 4-2 heat win. Heat 2... The reserves race saw Bellevue fighting back with a 5-1. That was courtesy of Jai Efridge and Tom Brennan as they took maximum points ahead of Daniel Hume and Connor Mountain. Um, so I think at this point I did seem to notice that there was a slight... Um, pattern forming with the aces of riders were making the gate which is something I've not used to seeing quite frankly from the aces this year uh, or especially at the National Speedway Stadium Heat 3 saw Steve Worrell blasting out of traps ahead of Josh Pickering and Kyle Howarth uh, Charles Wright just seemed to get squeezed out a bit uh, on the opening bend uh, but a free free uh, Worrell looked in superb Nick once again um, to which I've, I've, I've said it before after all the the kind of grief that I said at the most of the season to be fair uh, in the fact that he's just not looked bothered or oh, maybe not bothered but he's just been highly frustrating to watch because you know he can do a lot better than he has, and he just hasn't really performed until the last month or so. Um, but he's almost been a, a late bloomer for the Aces, you could say, this season. Uh, so he took the race victory in Heat 3. Heat 4 saw Steve Worrell coming in as a rider replacement ride in Heat 4. Uh, he was joined by Jai Etheridge and told them taking a surprise 4-2. Uh, Connor Mountain taking second Adam Ellis at the back um, Bellevue taking a 14-10 lead 
Um, three uh, successive free frees then occurred with Richie Worrell winning in Heat 5, Jack Holder taking the race win in 6, um, another fantastic race between uh, Worrell and Holder, um, with Holder, I think it was this race, or it was the first race, stormed right under Worrell um, to take the race win late on yet again, Um However, thankfully it wasn't a heat advantage in that race, it was a free free. Meanwhile, Heat 7 saw Adam Ellis getting back to how he rides the, the Sheffield track, um, taking a race win and leaving the score 23 to the Aces and 19 to the Tigers after 7. The sides then traded Heat rings with... In heat number eight, Richie Worrell are making it two. Well, making. Yeah. Uh, taking his first race win of the. I've just realised I've filled my program in wrong. But that would not be a surprise for me. Uh, but yeah, Richie Worrell taking a race win ahead of Troy Batchelor and Jai Efridge coming in third. For a vital 4-2 to the Aces to leave the score 27-21. Heat 9 then saw Dan Bewley coming in as a rider replacement for Brady Kurtz. And yet again, Bewley missed the start, which isn't particularly um, a shock really. Uh, but it was to see him go to the back and it seemed like it was destined uh, to be another bad well, be a bad night for him uh, however he did manage to pass Brennan I think on the second lap um, put a challenge in on the third lap chasing Kyle Howarth uh, however a, a good blocking ride from uh, I think it was, I'm sure it was Howarth um, it's really just seemed to run out of room really uh, and saw him relegated to the back again. Uh, so the Tigers took their first 5-1 of the night, and only one of the night, uh, to narrow the deficit to two points, having it at 28-26. Steve Worrell and Charles Wright then pulled some points back uh, with a 4-2 of their own, uh, they saw Charles Wright starting his late run in the meeting uh, as the former Tiger got the better of Jack Holder with a a superb ride, it has to be said. Because uh, as well as Jack Holder rode, uh, and we all know how he can ride, um, it was just how Wright seemed to just know where to, to put the bike and position himself so Holder couldn't get past in Heat 11 it saw Adam Ellis making it two wins on the bounce as he got the better of Dan Bewley and Richie Worrell this was the first time that Bewley actually looked decent um, or the first time that he looked decent in the meeting having as he's said, recent, or said now 
that he swapped bikes midway through the meeting and saw things change for the better. Uh, so that kept it at a four-point margin at 35-31. Heat 12 saw Steve Worrell making it a another 4-2 as him and Tom Brennan uh, pretty much extended it to a six-point lead uh, at 39-33 with Tom Brennan pulling off arguably uh, the move of the night for the Aces as it looked for all the world it was going to be a 3-3 with Connor Mountain giving Steve Worrell a plenty of food for thought during uh, the four laps as he was so close to his back wheel and chasing hard um, however on the final lap Cal Howarth looked to have had third sewn up uh, but Tom Brennan wasn't going to be denied putting a flying move uh, around the outside of Howarth had the speed and managed to get the run to the line to see the aces taking four points from the race uh, as I say for a 4-2 and a lead 39-33 Heat 13 saw the the closest I suppose you could say to needle all evening um, where the original run saw Charles Wright making a slight um jump at tapes so that got pulled back the second run then saw well in my view at least and how it looked uh, though it could be completely different from what did happen but it's just how it seemed from my angle um, it seemed to have uh, Charles Wright who came in as the rider replacement for Brady Kurtz uh, him and Adam Ellis seemed to just catch each other um, coming off the first bend. Uh, Ellis fell off, took a tumble, um, ended up going near the fence. Uh, pretty, pretty much just a for first bend bunching, which is pretty much what happened and saw all four back. Uh, but it was the aftermath. Um, so because it all happened fairly quickly so you had Ellis and Wright kind of touching with Ellis going down red lights instantly came on uh, with the referee Phil Griffin however Bewley and Holder were still out miles in front of uh, the other two um, to which Holder was a quite naughty um, Bewley had the outside Holder had the inside and just seemed to continue to go across Bewley and ended up pushing him off and going into the fence uh, or sliding into the fence um, to which when Holder then came back round um, Aces fans definitely let him know what they thought of him with booze coming from the third and fourth bend um, in fairness though Holder did seem to come up to Bewley afterwards and almost apologise um, so it seems like it wasn't a a, a particularly intended or uh, a nasty move it was just 
hard racing that uh, was just a tiny bit too hard um, however we then had what seemed like the, a, an unofficial interval at that point because um, it seems to go on for about 10-15 minutes before we even had the rerun uh, of Heat 13 uh, but when it did rerun it saw Dan Bewley picking up his only race win of the night with Charles Wright taking second joining Bewley out in front for a what was a fairly routine 5-1 really for Bellevue uh, as they moved a point behind the magical 45 points barrier uh, that would see them victorious so heat 14 so Bellevue just needing to finish this race or heat 15 um, even if they suffered two five ones they were still going to win the meeting um, as long as he had a rider finish uh, but as it was, Heat 14, Charles Wright took the race win with Connor Mountain in second, Josh Pickering in third, and Jai Efridge, uh, who was still up with them. Uh, and, a, and you can make a case um, of you can ride well and not score the points. Efridge just looked really solid in, in true fall now he wasn't spectacular did what he needed to do picked up the the minor points and in a first leg when that's all you really need job job done uh, so moving to the final race with the aces up by 10 points it's our Bellevue going into heat 15 uh, with Dan Bewley and Charles Wright while Sheffield had Jack Holder and Josh Pickering. Um, one thing about that Heat 14, um, Pickering seemed to ride like a man possessed uh, in, in Heat 14, uh, so much that it did seem to look like he almost ran right over the back of uh, Charles Wright's back wheel. Uh, on turns two, um, he probably didn't get anywhere near him. Uh, again, from the angle that I had, it did look like that was the case. Um, but it was a an entertaining ride, shall we say, and probably deserving of going in heat number fifteen. So with the aces up by ten, it was just a, a matter of how many they'd take. Or what lead they'd take back with them to Manchester. Um, and they didn't really add anything to it. Uh, as Jack Holder took the final race win of the night. Ahead of Charles Wright and Dan Bewley. Uh, with Josh Pickering taking a nil point in the final race. So as we look at the scorers for Sheffield. Number one, Jack Holder finished on 12 with a, a another solid display. Um, d does seem to have not been as hot as he started the season um, for the for the time. Well, especially against the the aces at least. Uh, 
but he put in a a, a fight at least for the Tigers. Uh, Troy Batchelor scoring three, not his best night, uh, but he's someone's just not clicked with the Tigers, uh, and I'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, Kyle Howarth four and three, bit of a a disappointing score for for Kyle. Um, I think he probably expected more. Uh, Josh Pickering ended up on eight and one. With who was probably the most entertaining rider for Sheffield um, over the course of the evening. Adamelli six points. Uh, again, he's very similar to to Dan's night. Uh, you kind of expected more points from him. Um, just seemed to maybe get caught out with track conditions. Um, Considering, I think Sheffield would have been confident going into this meeting, um, but then with the track changing as it was, and how everything seemed to come about, um, Bellevue just adapted quicker. In in fairness, um, and it seems a couple of the Tigers riders just seemed to get a bit caught out. Uh, Daniel Hume scored one. Uh, Connor Mountain. His guest scored six. Uh, don't be surprised if he is riding on Thursday uh, because I get the feeling that Sheffield will probably bring him up as a guest. Um, Mountain is just a really entertaining youngster to watch. Um, having watched him in the National League with uh, Mildenhall Fen Tigers in the past... Uh, he's always been one rider worth watching. Um, so it's... And he, and he put in a, a very solid performance for the Tigers. Um, and those points he did get could be vital uh, come the second leg. At this point in time, we won't know. Um, at the end of this episode, we will. Because I'm either going to still be happy or I'm going to be distraught. However, moving to the victorious Bellevue Aces. Dan Bewley, 6-1. Um, <laughs> a Jekyll and Hyde performance, I suppose you could say. Uh, three duck eggs in his first three rides. Awful is probably the best way to describe it. Um, but then ended up getting a second, a win, and a third. Um, so kind of just about covered his backside, so to speak. Um, Richie Worrell, 11-1. Fantastic performance by Richie. Um, I think it's fair to say the Aces have kind of missed having someone with... No offence to, to Jai. Richie does seem to look very comfortable uh, and slip into that number two position very well. Uh, his brother Steve scored 12 and was the Aces' top scorer. Um, again, same as Richie. They both looked very on the ball and, and on fire. Um to which, in the past, the two Worrells have arguably been the the weakest links uh, when you look at the 
scores have passed semis or uh, grand finals. So it almost seems like they're very motivated this year to kind of turn that around. Uh, and Steve, even the races he didn't win, um, he was still fast and looked like he could have passed anyone on that Owlerton track all evening. Um, Charles Wright scored 11-2. Started off a bit... Mm, but my God, did he improve. Um, taking a win in his third outing. A paid second uh, in his fourth. Then taking a race win and finishing second in Heat 15. Tom Brown, 5-2. and two. I could probably copy and paste this, to be honest. Uh, but he really doesn't get the points that he deserves for me uh, battles all all night long um, and that move on Cal Howarth in Heat 12 will last long in the memory for Aces fans that were there because uh, it was a stunning pass because um, he came from nowhere really uh, the closest I can make in comparison which probably is again maybe stretching the truth a tad, uh, is when Max Frick had that superb ride against uh, Doyle and Holder uh, on that, the infamous uh, race at Bellevue uh, where he was pretty much last going into the final bend and ended up taking the race win. Um, that's pretty much how it felt because uh, when he was going round Worrell, Worrell, uh, Howarth uh, between Ben's three and four, it was a case of will he have the drive to just get round and have his nose in front? Um, but he came roaring round and did superbly uh, to take that third place. Jai Efridge, as I said, solid. Five points. Um, meeting overall, it was. An entertaining one for Bellevue fans. Um, I don't think I've ever been to a meeting with Bellevue before where the fans were so vocal. Um, it almost felt like... How can I put... It almost felt like a few years ago when Wolves came to Bellevue. Um, and in a playoff type crowd of they normally bring a fair few fans wolves anyway but at playoff time it almost seems like their support gets a bit I'll say fanatical is a nice way to put it and that's kind of how Bellevue fans were on, on Monday night uh, it didn't boil over it was no stupid chance or anything like that uh the booing of Holder, mm, I can un I can understand the the anger they would have had towards him being as it was on Dan, um, but again, another thing that came to mind over that incident, uh, 
in the past, if this had been, if it had been Cook, for instance, I think Cook will have almost tried to start a fight or um, confronted Holder over that. Uh, but Bewley just seems to be like a a water to to a duck, uh, or water off a duck's back, so to speak. Uh, as he he seemed to just get on with it, and I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, and especially as he came out in the rerun and took the race victory, it was pretty much like that was the um, the perfect kind of reply, really. Um, overall, though, 10 points up, heading into Thursday's meeting. Um, so, as I say, at the moment, I am content, but I am still not counting my chickens over the fact that things could still go pear-shaped, because it's Bellevue. Uh, that said, hopefully when I do the second part in a minute, that you will still hear a very happy and cheerful me. So, I will ask the question now, Peter. How, how did we do? Well, Bellevue won. And that's probably the most exciting part. That I can really say uh, about it. Uh, it was a final score of Bellevue winning eventually 48 42, with the overall aggregate total being 98 to 82 in favour of Bellevue. Um, the meeting itself wasn't a classic by any means. I did produce couple of good races not many uh, it could be the, the track in I think as far as if you went into the dirt and you made a great gate then you were off to the races if you didn't then passing was a, quite a bit at a premium uh, thankfully though uh, the aces did have their gating boots on from time to time. Um, with that said, Sheffield were very stubborn opponents, it has to be said. Uh, all credit to them. Uh, considering they came into this on the back of a 10-point defeat at home, so obviously they needed uh, to try and get off to a good start. Uh, and they did that. Uh, that was through Jack Holder and Troy Batchelor as... Yet again in Heat 1, Dan Bewley just couldn't get, well, get out the gate and, and even kind of challenge. Because uh, the, the problem with Bellevue is you the first few races, probably the first six maybe, six or seven, you really need to ride on the inside, uh, inside to mid-track. Because uh, that's pretty much where all the, the dirt is and all the material. Um, there's nothing on the outside, but certain riders do like to try and head that way in hopes that there is some material uh, by the fence to use. Bewley seemed to give up that idea on, on the third lap or so. 
Uh, but he still continued to ride the, the very wide line where there is literally nothing. Uh, almost as bald as my head is going currently. Uh, but with that said, Sheffield uh, took a 4-2. Uh, Richard Worrell took second. So Sheffield already were eating into the Aces 10-point cushion. Uh, Heat 2 saw a Aces kind of comeback with a 4-2 uh, by Jai Efridge and Tom Brennan. Uh, Connor Mountain taking second. Uh, that made it 6 apiece. Steve Worrell then took second behind Josh Pickering and had Kyle Howarth in third. Uh, that was after Charles Wright ended up trying to, I think, come up the inside of Worrell. Uh, not Worrell, Howarth, sorry. Um, and in, ended up either clipping Howarth or just completely losing in balance and falling off. Uh, so uh, Worrell was winning at the time. So it looked to be a free free. Uh, however, Pickering had other ideas, and saw the Sheffield rider taking the race win with a pass on the Aces captain to give the Tigers a two-point advantage at 10-8. Moving to heat number four, Richie Worrell then came in to replace uh, Brady Kurtz as the rider replacement. Uh, he took the race win ahead of Adam Ellis and his teammate in Bellevue's Jai Efridge for a 4-2 and see the sides pretty much trading 4-2s for the first six races um, so that made it 12 all after 4 Holder in Bachelor took a 4-2 in heats 5 uh, Bellevue then returned the favour in heat number 6 through Dambuli and Richie Worrell uh, that made it 18 all and you could sense there was a bit of uh, squeaky bum time, I suppose, is the term you could probably use. Because um, there was all a fair few nerves going around, uh, especially from from my side, at least. However, in heat number seven, it saw Bewley coming in as the rider replacement ride uh, for Brady Kurtz, obviously. And saw him taking the race win ahead of Howarth and Pickering. Uh, that made it still uh, level at 21 apiece. Bellevue then took a 4-2 through Richie Worrell and Jai Efridge. Uh, that was over Troy Bachelor and Conor Mountain. To put them 25-23 in front. Uh, give them their first lead in the meeting. Uh, heat number 9 then saw... Adam Ellis taking his... I think it was his first race win? Yes, his first and only race win of the night as he held off Charles Wright and Steve Worrell in, I think, was pretty much a, a worse for Bellevue. It was always going to be a free free, um, Just because Hume just really sh struggled for the, the Tigers. Didn't really mount much of a, an offence for him. Um, which is kind of why they they had Connor Mountain is his guest uh, to be to be fair to him. Uh, so that was twenty eight twenty six. Another four, another three all. Sorry, in heat ten, 
So Dan Bewley getting out ahead of Josh Pickering and Kyle Howarth. Um, however, originally it did see how uh, Bewley. Sorry, I'm reading too much information. Uh, Bewley was outgated by the Sheffield pairing, but Dan being Dan, um, you know full well he's gonna try his heart out. Made a superb pass, uh, entering. I think it was the second or third lap. Uh, managed to get between the two. Um, so he went to the outside, back to the inside, uh, taken the lead and held it, thankfully for the Aces, to make it a 3-3. Free free. Heat 11, which I am positive because I will have to check my notes somewhere. Uh, Heat 11 really does seem to be the problem heat for Bellevue this season uh, as they suffered a 5-1 at the hands of Jack Holder and Troy Batchelor because uh, this was pretty much getting into the, the stages of desperation for the Tigers um, so it's probably not there just checking the scores uh, yeah heat 11 does seem to be a troublesome uh, heat for Bellevue Especially at home. Um, so it's our Holder and Bachelor taking a 5-1 over Steve Worrell, who came in as rider replacement. And Tom Brennan, who seemed to be down on pace tonight. Um, why, I don't know. Uh, but hopefully uh, he can get that sorted for the grand final. Because we're really going to need the reserves to come to the party. So that gave Sheffield a 34 to 32 lead, leaving them another eight points uh, to try and at least level the aggregate total. Ten to win. Uh, so as we move to heat number 12, it saw Connor Mountain taking a race win ahead of Steve Worrell and Jai Etheridge, who took second. Uh, so it was still a two-point margin. And the final three races really were going to be vital. Uh, if Sheffield took a 5-1, it was going to be a very nerve-jangling penultimate heat. If Bellevue could get a, a decent score from it, uh, then it was going to put the Aces advantage and virtually have the meeting sewn up. As it was, it's already 4-2 for the Aces, with Dan Bewley and Charles Wright taking a 4-2 with Jack Holder chasing Bewley as much as he could do on a on a track that wasn't really generating much in the, the way of passing. Uh, however, it saw the scores level at 39 apiece, effectively giving Bellevue the uh, victory, needing just really a, a point uh, to con all but confirm that. And then Heat 14 ended all hopes for Sheffield as it saw Charles Wright and Jai Average taking a 5-1 over Pickering and Mountain to make the score 44-40 and Bellevue pretty much um, booking their place in the grand final against Peterborough. Uh, who at this point were 
miles ahead of Wolverhampton at, the, at that time. Um, we've still quite a fair few races to go. Heat 15 is all academic, really. Uh, but it saw Sheffield putting in Jack Holder and Adam Ellis. And for the Bellevue Aces, it saw Dan Bewley and Richie Worrell coming in. Just to get a bit more uh, track practice. Um, plus the fact they were the two top scorers. Um, barring that of Jai Etheridge, uh, who you could say you could have put him back in, but I suppose for, for more track time, Richie was probably the, the best way to go. Uh, and it saw Bellevue taking a 4-2 with Dan Bewley taking the race win. His fifth race win of the night. Uh, Jack Holder, yet again, seemed to be playing second fiddle to Bewley. Uh, as he took second and in third place saw Richie Worrell. Four points to the Aces, two to the Tigers and it brought the final score to Bellevue 48, Sheffield 42 and the aggregate score of 98 to 82 in favour of the Bellevue Aces. So, looking at the point scores for the Sheffield Tigers. From reserve, Connor Mountain, 7 points. Yet again, rode very well. Um, may not have ridden as well as he did last time, but still got the points. And to be honest, if you're scoring points and you're not particularly doing too much, that's always a bonus. Uh, Daniel Hume scored nil point. Uh, Adam Ellis scored seven. Uh, Josh Pickering scored seven and one. Kyle Howarth four and one. Troy Bachelor four and one. And without doubt, their star of the show tonight was Jack Holder on thirteen. Um, really, Sheffield for probably up to about. Heat 12 for me. Uh, they had more than a sniff of a chance uh, of turning this around in their favour. However, that 4 2 in Heat 13 really did kind of knock the stuffing out of them. Um, killed all chance, really. I, I think if roles had been reversed in Heat 13 and they'd got the 4 2 then it would have been a very different uh, couple of races heading into heats 14 and 15. As it was, I, f I think it's clear and obvious to say that the home loss on Monday night really was um, the turning point in this semi-final. Um, as Sam Malenko said on the Eurosport coverage, if you don't make the most of your home meetings then you're always going to be struggling and that's pretty much the case in in this uh, two-legged affair. For the Aces, from reserve, Jai Average 9-1, solid night's work for Jai, rode a, a couple of really uh, important races, um, kind of went a bit under the, the radar for me personally, uh, but chimed in and was very valuable. Uh, Tom Brennan scored just one point. Not his best night, but 
you know, hopefully he's he's saving himself uh, for the final. Fingers crossed. Uh, Charles Wright scored six. Very similar to his performance against Sheffield on Monday night. Uh, started off very slowly. Uh, a fall in his first ride. Uh, last in his second. Then ended the final three races with a second, a third place and a race win. For S Captain Steve Worrell, he scored 7-2. Started off with two second places. Probably annoyed in his first race uh, that he let Pickering through. Uh, just made a, a bit of an error, really. Um, but luckily it didn't, it didn't cost. Um, three third places after that. So, solid solid work. Got his, his average and that's pretty much all you can ask for, really. Uh, Richard Worrell, second top scorer on 10 points. Again, much like Sheffield, uh, started very well, then just kind of went a bit up and down. Um, kind of maybe the with the track changing late on, um, maybe that affected a, a couple of races. Uh, but that said, considering he's been injured and this is his first. His first meeting, I think, is back at Bellevue since injury. Um, ten points, not to be sniffed at. A great ride by Richie. And, of course, the man of the moment, uh, Dan Bewley, scoring 15 points. Um, barring the blemish in Heat 1 where he finished last, pretty much, well, I say pretty much, he did win every single other race he was in. Um, lowered the colours of Jack Holder a couple of times and Adam Ellis. Um, just a fantastic performance by Dan, in fairness. Um, so, as we look ahead to next week, to which I will probably do another show before we go into the playoffs next week, which has now been uh, set in stone, with Bellevue hosting the first leg on Monday night. Uh, and then the second leg is going to take place at Peterborough at the East of England showground. Or East of England Arena, whichever you prefer. Uh, either way, it's in Peterborough. Where the Peterborough Panthers and the Bellevue Aces will fight it out for this year's Premiership League title. Um... I'm not going to say what I think because I will save that for the next episode. With that said, um, Bellevue make their fourth trip to the grand final. Peterborough make their second top flight grand final in the playoff era. Um, and with how it looks at the moment it should be an entertaining two legs um, you would say it's an even one uh, with Bellevue winning twice down there uh, Peterborough winning once up here in Manchester and also un unlucky I suppose you could say to take a draw uh, when really they, they should have won that meeting um, so it's 
it's going to be interesting. I do feel it's going to be a case of both sides will win their home legs. Um, but again, that's going to be a topic for the next show that I do. So I might as well get cracking on writing notes for that. Um, but yes, Bellevue are in the final. Yippee-ki-yay. And we can just... Who, who would have thought a few months ago that Bellevue would be in the grand final? Um, I think if you've asked me a few months ago uh, about making the, the grand final, I probably would have laughed because uh, I, I expected us to fully be facing Wolves. Um, and of course, that seemed to go a bit haywire uh, late on. Um, to, <laughs> to, to which I think Wolves will probably look back at their, their meeting against Peterborough at least. And if they'd taken at least one victory against them, um, then I think they would have been facing us and they'd more than likely be in the grand final, I feel. Because uh, I think if it had been a Bellevue Wolves final, I really don't think Bellevue would have stood much of a chance. Um, that said, I think it's close, but I do feel, unfortunately, it's more a, a Peterborough title destination. Um, but then it's the playoffs, and of course, teams that have deserved to win the league title have faltered. Um, Bellevue being one of those teams especially from 2005 um, and, and what a surprise we had a rider injured then so I think hopefully we can get Brady Kurtz back for the grand final because uh, if we don't I think we could be extremely behind the eight ball um, but anywho uh, I shall leave it there and because I think it's the best place for it. I thank you for listening to this episode and listening to me waffle on over the two legs. Uh, hopefully I'll put a match report up and there will be a second podcast over the weekend. But for now, uh, thank you very much for listening and 